Hi, Richard Wee here from Richard Wee Chambers. This is the RWC Podcast. It's a podcast on law and legal matters. For today, uh, we are continuing an earlier discussion from an earlier podcast pertaining to esports e-doping. Uh, today's podcast or this podcast deals with the issue of combating e-doping and uh, what are the legal uh, mechanisms to stop e-doping. Now, e-doping, as mentioned in the earlier podcast, deals with um, manipulation of software uh, affecting the game. It's effectively cheating. And uh, one of the classic ways to stop e-doping would be monitoring of the game. Uh, most game developers, uh, of course, who value fair play, they have had uh, many ways to detect uh, the modification of the game. Um, this uh, includes uh, constant checking of the game, a review of the game uh, by people who are in the know of the game. So there's a massive analyzation of the game. Unfortunately, these mechanisms are not foolproof. There are ways where cheating can be undetected. For example, uh, when it comes to scripting, where there's a standing instructions to the computer to automatically execute an action, um, it is quite difficult to try and um, uh, gauge and capture such a scripting. So, uh, no doubt, this is a, one of the uh, obvious way to stop e-doping, which is by monitoring games, monitoring tournaments. But um, there, are, there have been reports that it may not be the most effective way for now. Um, another way would be, what are the if efforts uh, held during a tournament? Um, and during an uh, esports tournament, at most occasions, uh, the tournaments are they try to create a level playing field uh, by inviting players from uh, all over the world to, to qualify for a tournament. This way, they are in control of what goes into the gaming system. Uh, the computers uh, will require peripherals such as keyboard and mouse. It must be noted that no two peripherals are the same. The next time you, you take a walk past a computer shop, for example, walk in and try touching two different gaming keyboards. They will feel very different. So you can see um, this is another way to control where uh, the tournament organizers, they will have a certain sort of um, management uh, of the uh, game peripheral and uh, uh, basically the, uh, the tools of the tournament. Uh, that is another way of controlling uh, and managing and stopping e-doping. Um, another way we, we, we notice is um, through international organizations, uh, for example, through uh, World Esports Federations, uh, Esports Integrity uh, uh, Associations, uh, such as ASIC, for example, ESIC. These are ways to try and um, uh, uh, monitor and stop esports e doping. Um, ASIC, for example, they are. Uh, they have ma members including major esports organizations such as uh, DreamHack and ESL. And uh, ASIC has been relentless uh, in their effort to preserve the integrity of uh, the esports through research surveys. And uh, they continue discussing with uh, various stakeholders in the industry. So ASIC works like, you know, in, in for football would be like FIFA where they, uh, they will monitor and try to stop and... Um, uh, uh, identify 
efforts of e-doping and of course as I said earlier to stop it. So so far uh, these are ways uh, which we notice e-sports uh, community try to stop e-doping but in our view it should go beyond that. Um, I think when not only was, must we find a way to monitor, identify and stop it but when we do identify someone or catch someone for e-doping there must be a worldwide ban on that team or player and even though the player or team may change their name in another game or you know may play another game altogether from one esports game to another esports game but the moment we are aware that uh, this particular person or team or people involved in a team are trying to play another esports uh, game that team should be stopped totally that that's one example so there must be some sort of a single global regulatory body uh, such as IOC or FIFA as I said earlier about FIFA and this is something which is slightly lacking in esports there are many organizations out there claiming to be the regulatory body but um, I think they're still growing they're still trying to develop their strength and eventually hopefully there'll be one particular body who will be the policeman of all esports um, tournaments so while it's understandable that it's difficult to achieve uh, a total um, clampdown uh, because e-doping is so digital um, and it's quite difficult to detect but with the correct mechanism and with enough effort with every single stakeholders in the e-sports there is it's, it's very very possible that e-doping will slowly uh, be uh, diminished but for now um, uh, from what we can see so far uh, it will it's still a, a constant battle um, and we it is yet to see whether uh, we can successfully stop e-doping altogether so with that uh, this, we conclude our podcast for today um, thank you for listening in we are we can be found on spotify and anchor fm and a few other places and uh, watch out for our other recordings for uh, on podcast and in fact we have many many other recordings on on our podcast so log in and watch uh, log in and listen and but talking about watching if you want to watch some of our videos you can visit our rwc youtube channel and there are plenty of webinars uh, to watch there to pick up a thing or two you can learn a few things there too thank you very much for listening in and uh, take care adios from richard lee